Welcome back to episode 55 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on a series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into The Familiar of Zero, released in 2006 by Studio JC Staff. It has 13 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. The story follows Luis, a second-year student at the Tristane Magic Academy. Luis has no aptitude for performing magic properly and her spells always end in an explosion. This causes her fellow students to nickname her the Zero. During the first exam of the new semester, students are to perform a summoning spell to contract with a familiar. While other students receive typical animals and monsters, Luis's call produces what seems to be an ordinary human boy named Saito. Pride in being a noble from a prestigious family is Luis's biggest downfall. She puts too much pressure on herself and lets a big mouth get her into trouble. Claiming to summon a spirit greater than all others while down the line is accurate was also setting herself up for embarrassment. Luis is pretty close-minded for someone who inhabits a world of magic. The things she sees on a daily basis are extraordinary, yet she can't fathom Saito being from another world. You have to feel a little bad for Saito, he's taken to an unfamiliar place where he doesn't understand the language and is immediately enslaved. I forgot when Saito first arrived he couldn't understand what people were saying. Luis failed at the silence spell but having the effect be translation was probably the better outcome. Saito is a little stupid as I will discuss in a moment but his initial reaction after assessing his situation was spot on. Run as fast as you can from these crazy people. Now where the stupidity came into play is how he ended up where he is. If you were walking down the street and a green glowing oval appeared floating in front of you, would you A. Turn around and walk the other way, or B. Start poking it pretty much asking to be sucked in? I love when a main character gets to showcase their skill in front of a crowd, so Saito's duel was great. At this point, he has no training and isn't aware of his power. The heart Saito showed while getting his ass kicked was all him. Del is Saito's talking sword who is destined to be wielded by Gandalf here. I thought the setup of how Saito's sword skills worked was very well done. Del gave him many warnings stating that other swords would be of no use to him, Saito's powers will only activate during a real battle with a practical weapon. That's why nothing happened when he tried to swing the showpiece gold sword. When Luis was on a mission from the princess, she was so out of touch with reality and couldn't handle being a commoner for a few days. She complained about everything and felt she was too good to work. My favorite scene of Luis and Saito is when Luis is attacked by bats so she cuddles next to Saito on the floor at the inn. This also had one of the most under-the-radar moments. Saito is ready for bed and Luis questions how he can adapt so easily. He says it's nothing new to him. It's not just because he's a plebeian, but he lives in worse conditions under Luis. At least here his meals aren't dependent on a master's mood. Luis treats this man worse than a dog. He's meant to sleep on the floor with hay as a cushion. Saito isn't allowed to eat at the table and she beats the brakes off of him anytime he isn't perfect. She chains him to a wall and has no problem stripping in front of him because she doesn't consider Saito to be a person. Luis is Taiga from Toradora with pink hair, identical build and attitude. They both call their male counterparts dogs and smack them around. If that isn't funny enough, they share the same voice actress Rikugi Maya. Justified by his mistreatment, a character trait I loved about Saito is he does not play the etiquette game. He doesn't bow to royalty or superior mages at the school. When it comes time for Luis to be rewarded and Saito received nothing, he doesn't care because he didn't want a prize from the palace anyway. Luis showed some heart and concern for Saito while he rested from his duel. She even spent all her money on medicine and care for him. When Luis was under the effects of the love potion, I was enjoying her being nice to Saito. In the back of my mind, I knew it would wear off and he would somehow get blamed for everything. 
which is exactly what happened and Saito got punished more than usual. I love the back and forth banter, Saito making fun of Luis's chest size when he's holding onto her while horse riding. He's adamant his arms are wrapped around her stomach. Then she claims he's a dog in heat whenever he sees another girl. I was being a bit of a salty hater during the dance when Luis started acting nice towards Saito. I was like, oh, Saito is a hero defeating the golem and showcasing real power. Now she wants to treat him politely. The show itself actually didn't ruin this moment as I expected by Luis getting angry and the two of them starting a fight. They danced nicely and the episode ended, which I really appreciated. Geesh was a clown, always having a rose in hand. He acted like a know-it-all and was so impressed with himself while listing off the four magic elements. Geesh was educating Saito on how the city had been crafted out of the mountain. I was like, dude, shut up. When the teacher told him to drop the monologue during the familiar summoning, I was thankful someone said it. Geesh was a hater. Saito would have been free if not for his levitation magic. But Saito gets sweet revenge. He presents Geesh with a cake he knocked on the ground and blows up his spot for having a side piece. Geesh was a pretty boy who I expected nothing from, but his goal and Valkyrie were awesome looking. Geesh came along on a few different adventures and he wasn't completely useless when attacking the water spirit enemies and he helped take down the golem in the final battle. Siesta is the first decent person to Saito, being a plebeian herself she doesn't get caught up in titles. She is a maid for the school who also works closely with the kitchen, that's where Saito meets the chef who feeds him when Luis had him on punishment. The chef reminded me of a man named James I used to work with. James was in food and nutrition where I worked security, whenever there were goodies left over he'd always hook us up. James always said it's good to have friends in low places, security, the kitchen, housekeeping, and laundry had to stick together. Some doctors, nurses, and ward clerks would speak to us with no respect. There are exceptions to this, but an overwhelming majority were pretty awful to non-medical staff. It's similar to how the magic users are to plebeians in this series, Saito defeating Geish in a duel was a victory for all non-teaching staff at the academy. Kirke was an exchange student who was sent to this academy after getting expelled from another. For causing such trouble, her parents tried to force her into a marriage. So she decided a change of scenery was the best option to get out of it. Kirke was a hoe, she had so many dudes coming through her place she couldn't keep the names to the dates. This show had some double standards. Geesh gets flamed for talking to two different girls, but Kirke goes after Saito and every other guy with no repercussions. She even hoed out for bartering a better price for the gold sword that turned out to be useless. Watching her try to buy Saito's love with food and other extravagant gifts was telling to what type of person she is. Anything can be bought when you've grown up with money. At first I thought Saito's bravery is what attracted Kirke, but she likes Saito pretty much because he's broke and unkempt, unlike the nobles at the school. If Saito had hooked up with Kirke, he'd already have the book to trade for Siesta. He would have saved himself a trip back to the academy when dealing with that noble. Kirke's family heirloom being a titty mag from Saito's world was too funny. Items being transferable between worlds was a good little hint to Saito having a way back home. Listening to Kirke call Saito darling on the wagon ride brought on flashbacks of Zero Two and Hero. Kirke's familiar salamander was by far the coolest, its fiery tornado display was awesome. Flame pretty much looked like a more accurate deformed Charmeleon with its torch tail. It even laughs at its master's jokes. Henrietta is the princess and Luis's childhood friend. She was excited to see her old pal but Luis switched up treating Henrietta like a princess instead of a friend. That is the last thing Henrietta wanted. She has thousands of subjects. She wants Luis to act regular with her. As I mentioned earlier, Luis lets hierarchy play too strong of a role in her personality. Henrietta is a friend who happens to be the princess. She snuck away to see Luis and got the punishment Saito should have received from attacking a noble dismissed. When Henrietta extends her hand to be kissed by Saito, I knew he was going to kiss her on the lips. What I didn't know was how slick he was going to be. He pulled her in close, tilted her back, and went in for the kill. 
One final thing I wanted to mention about Henrietta is her armor when she was riding into war was absolute fire. It didn't protect any of her chests, but it still looked banging. Tabitha for the most part kept to herself and read books. Obviously she was a step above everyone else in terms of power. Strong silent type doesn't need to go around barking about how great they are. Tabitha's dragon familiar and recognition from the principal at the academy when deployed on the mission to retrieve the Staff of Destruction was enough to let me know she is a beast. I mean, Tabitha beat a three-headed dragon by herself. Tabitha's backstory was one of the saddest the series had to offer. Her mother sacrificed herself to protect her daughter. With a broken mind, she believes a doll is her daughter while she sees her actual child as a threat from the kingdom. Tabitha's real name is Charlotte, but because her mother believes the doll is Charlotte, she took on the name of the doll Tabitha. I'm not even mad at Mathilda for being a villain. She was sexually harassed to no end by the principal. Was anyone not aware she was the thief before the reveal? I mean, come on, green-haired female around for all the important conversations? It wasn't hidden very well. This chick had balls. Can you imagine being a room full of people looking for you, being like, I gathered some information on the whereabouts of the thief. By the way, here's a sketch of them. Mathilda acquired her own suspect portrait. The mages in the office were all cowards, so Luis, Saito, and the other girls volunteered to walk into a trap. Luis comes from a solid family of mages, and watching the principal struggle to find a positive to say about her as an individual was hilarious. Eventually, Saito is the part of her that receives praise. Another great moment from these two is when Saito backhands the hell out of Louise after she almost let Pride get her killed in the fight against the golem. Luis doesn't want to be mocked anymore, but what good is standing your ground if you're going to be killed? Saito got Luis to safety and stayed behind to fight the golem while everyone else got some altitude on the dragon. Luis coming back to save Saito was heroic, but the way she was trying to use the bazooka almost put a hole through her stomach. Foke was also pretty dumb trying to fire it while aiming at her feet, she was lucky it's a single shot. A rocket launcher being the staff of destruction, the airplane being a dragon, and its blood gasoline, I found wildly funny. All the great treasures in this world of magic are old items from Earth. Wardez is a knight and captain of the Griffin unit. He has been sent to escort Luis and friends on one of the many missions they accept, which usually go far beyond their capabilities. When Wardez came through on his griffin and knocked Geisha's familiar off Luis, its eyes looked like a defeated Pokemon. Even before he was evil, Wardez is a creep, this man looks 40 and he scoops up Luis who looks 12. Wardez is Luis's fiancé and the tables turn as Saito is now on the sucker shit, jealous of his master getting close to another guy. If Wardez had just shut the hell up and went in for the kiss, he wouldn't even have to worry about Saito. Saito vs Wardez was good and by far the best fighting this season had, even if it was short. I'm glad Saito didn't get completely washed, but it must have hurt to be told you can't do the one job you have. Saito's purpose in this world is to protect Luis, so Wardez taking over that responsibility would suck. On top of that, Saito's sad he can't go home and pissed that he lost the spar. Just to kick a man while he's down, Luis decides now to tell Saito she's going to marry Wardez. That was some cold-hearted shit. An interesting line that was said, and maybe I'm looking too far into it, is when Luis tells Saito how Wardez rose to being a captain after the hardship of his parents dying while he was at a young age. There was a look on Saito's face that makes me think he has no family either. It's not like Luis has ever cared enough to ask, but during his time in this world, Saito has never mentioned, like, I hope mom and dad are okay. So when he declares he has no home or family, I hope I'm not misinterpreting that as in this world only. But maybe Saito didn't have a blessed life before being summoned. As for Wardez as a villain, I mean great mass man in incredible disguise. No way anyone could tell it was your hair, beard, and face. Not that that really mattered because what a dumb decision to expose himself at the wedding assassinating the prince. And since we're on that, I think the death of the prince would have been a far better spot to end this season. It set up the tip of the enemy faction which could have been carried directly over to the start of season 2, 
Not to say that the ending that we got wasn't still good. This series does an amazing job at pulling back things that were introduced earlier to be implemented later on. Episode 1 explains alchemy, which is how the golem is defeated in the final episode. After all the hard work Saito put into getting the airplane ready in time for the eclipse, he ends up being a simp missing his window to return to his world in order to mow down many people with gunfire. He chose to remain in a life of abuse and servitude under Luis. Now I just want to move into a couple of highlights. The Familiar of Zero takes place in the same universe as Goblin Slayer. Just look at the matching moons. I love continuity. The next morning Kirke's window she was blasting fire out of is still charred with the glass shattered. When Luis needs Saito and the family jewels, his wiggling animations as he went down were great. The background jazz music was awesome in this series. The saxophones were squealing. It reminded me of the 80s or something you'd hear in a Lethal Weapon Buddy Cop movie. Nitpicks When Saito fell from the sky during the summoning process, how didn't he die upon impact? Louis should have had Saito escort the princess back to her quarters after she stopped in to visit them late at night. Why would Tabitha's mother drink the potion? The people still came after Charlotte after that. Speaking of drinking things, Luis is all about proper etiquette. I can't see her swiping Geisha's drink with a love potion in it. Saito is lucky the aircraft was a fighter plane so his magic insignia can control it as a weapon. All the knight's swords have rounded tips. Give these guys some real weapons and let's get some more blood flowing. Quote of the series. She's cute when she's silent. I think that perfectly sums up Luis as a person. Best girl waifu and harem. Best girl is Siesta. I like Siesta in Saito's late night laundry sessions. She was a good friend that Saito went out of his way for to save from Count Mott. Siesta actually showed an interest in Saito. She asked him questions about his world and listened. As I mentioned earlier, when did Luis ask about Saito? Siesta is the one who gave Saito the information and means to return to his own world. And don't get it twisted, Saito joined the war to save Siesta when he heard the enemy invaded her village. And who was Saito with during the end credits of the final episode? Case closed, Siesta is best girl. Siesta isn't a waifu to me, and my harem would consist of all the girls working at the inn, Jessica included. Final thoughts. I had a lot of fun with this series, it was light-hearted and not something I thought I'd be into. There's enough of a romance to keep me invested, the battles aren't extraordinary but they kept me entertained. The show went by quickly but not in a bad way, I was just going from episode to episode having a good time. I would certainly recommend The Familiar of Zero to a friend. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review, hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.